Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on an area such as marketing, sales, innovation or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players, where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entry or knowing how to navigate the uncertainties of disruptive developments. Mindfeeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I am working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation and marketing. Let's get started on today's episode. So today I am with Tom Kulsa, who is the CEO and founder of AWeber, and he's based in Pennsylvania. Tom, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself? Hey, thanks for having me on today, Christian. Uh, so I started AWeber about 23 years ago now, and AWeber, uh, we manage uh, email newsletters for small businesses and creators around the world. So uh, whether that's uh, marketing automation for onboarding, uh, selling more through e-commerce, um, you know, we do, we, we basically help you build your audience through email and communicate with them better and, and connect uh, more effectively with those. So I've been doing that now for 23 years. Um, we have a team of about a little over 100 uh, people uh, at AWeber now. And um, before that, I kind of stumbled into the whole email game, honestly. Uh, I was in school selling uh, wireless modems back before we all had iPhones and you know Android, Samsung phones mm -hmm. and stuff in our pockets. And uh, I was selling these wireless modems at computer shows. And I had uh, developed basically a little computer program that when I got, when somebody um, inquired about the, uh, the modems that I was selling, I would add them to this list and it would send them a series of follow-up emails over the course of a couple of weeks that answered common questions and those sort of things. And this was before any sort of like email marketing automation actually existed. It wasn't a thing back then. Uh, and I ended up leaving that company to focus on school because I was a mechanical engineer in, in uh, school here. And um, a bunch of folks that I had been, that I had shared that initial program with started coming to me and saying, Hey, can I like get that same program for this other business that I'm working in? And I was like, well, it doesn't exist. And then I don't really have time for that now. And after like probably two dozen people came to me and said like, Hey, I'll pay you money for that. I was like, Hmm, maybe there's a business in here. <laughs> and, and that was really what, what launched AWeber ultimately. And, you know, now we have uh, a little over 250,000 users around the world that, that use us to communicate with their, with their prospects and customers and so forth. Ah, yeah. So, um, so it's an end in, I suppose, an online system where I can log in, create, add all my customers and my contacts and so on that we have. And you can actually, I suppose you can automate it as well, right? 
Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's a, a software on a website. You log into our website to, to use it. We have templates and other tools for making it really easy and fast for you to create content that gets sent out, whether you're sending out you know blog posts that you might be making or one-off content that you might be writing for your newsletter specifically. Um, you know, we have tools for, for making those uh, quick. Uh, we also have like web forms and landing pages so you can create, you actually you create an entire website uh, directly on our platform without having a third party, you know, uh, website host or anything like that. So we fully support those kind of things. And we actually just launched uh, last week, actually publicly launched uh, web push notifications. So they're, they're popular on a lot of um, more like real-time notification type websites. So like news websites and blogs where, you know, they want to get where, where people want to, to know quickly when, when something is, is posted. Uh, so there's multiple avenues of connecting with folks and, and we really help them kind of automate, help those businesses and those creators automate that whole process for them so that they can do the things that they love and, you know, let the, the email and other stuff kind of drive the visitors back to their sites. Yeah, because I can mention as well now with all the pandemic and people working from home, businesses totally changed their way of working and so on. It's sometimes much more difficult now for, for businesses to actually get in contact with buyers, whether it's the decision maker or the purchasing person or even just the CEO of the business or whoever they want to sell or the customer who who they want to sell stuff to, um, to get hold of them. Because maybe they're not in the office, maybe they're at home, maybe they don't even want to part with their personal phone number. So I was just recently reading an article that you can e people even can um, subscribe to um, chat tools like WhatsApp and Signal and so on using um, phone numbers that actually don't belong to them. Let's say virtual phone numbers. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting. I thought, okay, so, but then there are these downsides. I have to do these and these things. And I think, okay, that sounds a bit quite complicated. I think that the average person isn't going to do that. Um, maybe some nerds will do it, but the average person won't be bothered. They either just don't accept the call or they do it or they don't do it. Nevertheless, email, of course, is a traditional way to communicate with people. Um, people have tried stuff like chat tools and other kind of stuff, but... Uh, how is the evolution of email progressing, <clears throat> especially when you look at uh, what businesses really need to know about how email is then actually changing for them and as well for the whole world? Yeah, I think th there's a lot of, you know, there, there's both the, there's kind of two sides to email and like how email evolves. There's the, you know, how how your audience interacts with email and uses email in their day-to-day -day lives and, and how they use it in their business. Um, and then I think there's also like kind of the technology component of email and the things that you can do are advancing uh, quite rapidly. Um, you know, I think that e email more than ever is is really a part of of everyone's life you know so, social platforms are are often thought to kill email um they don't at all it's it's actually ironic that they're that social platforms like facebook and twitter are actually some of the highest volume users of email because they're sending you notifications about things that have gone on in their network to get you to come back to their site and engage with it uh, so email is is you know, an interesting phenomenon in that it continues to grow and grow and grow every year. Um, and it's the one thing, particularly from a business perspective, that you want to 
be building your audience via email and not necessarily just via social like Twitter and Facebook and, and those type of apps because you don't own that audience on your social apps. And just like you've seen uh, done on Facebook and Twitter is, you know, you might have a thousand followers or even a hundred followers or whatever the number you have. But like when you post something on Facebook, only five or 10% of your followers that have said that they want to receive updates from you actually see your update. Whereas with email, you know, it's 98, 99% of people that when, when they subscribe and you send them an email, they're going to see your email. Um, it's just the nature of, of email working. And similarly, like, you know, you can take your email list and your email subscribers, the people that are there and send them that, send them that through any platform. Whereas if Facebook decides they only want to show 2% of people your updates, they can do that. And you have absolutely no recourse other than paying whatever fee it is that Facebook wants you to pay in order to have all of your audience see it. So, you know, email is really something that you can use to build an audience that you can connect with regardless of where you're sending from, whether it's Aweber or somebody else. On the technology side, you know, email is is really interesting. I'm sorry, did you have a follow-up there? Um, no, I just had a thought, especially when you said with the, with the marketing and, and especially when you think of it, Facebook, of course, wants to charge you and mm -hmm. forces you to pay for ads and so on. And many people, of course, nowadays don't even look at that. So we have the transition from people having just using physically just static pictures and then we have videos and now people don't even look at the videos because they're bored and they see they just read one little sentence and say the way they know it oh i don't know interested it's just the same standard text like there are these uh, companies who sell scripts and everybody is supposed to do the same thing they just replace one word and then it's the same thing if you are a cook if you are a chicken if you are a bird whatever uh, and say ah, i don't want this and then you just click on and that's where i think the email has a big advantage uh, as well when you think of it that nowadays most of the um the bra not only the online email systems but as well clients like outlook and so on you can see the first section an excerpt Of what's actually of the message being sent and i can quickly decide okay i'm going to look at the email now or am i going to look at it maybe later on when i usually do these things and so you have more attention maybe even because the thing is if i would do the same thing with facebook i want to look at this later i have to extra click and save it mm -hmm. and then i don't have forgotten where i saved it yeah <laughs> but i can't look at it because it's it's like a like a toilet paper that runs down all the time and and by the time you say oh i want to look at it it's it's gone again um, and, and she took a to toilet roll and, and wrote on any sheet a number and you roll it down uh, you don't see any numbers you just see yep. mess a whole bunch of mess and, and it just reminds me of an old funny video I once saw a few years ago it was this cat was just pulling down the whole toilet paper because it found it so funny and it emptied the whole roll um, but the thing is that's what actually we're seeing in social media but yeah. we don't see it in email because we can go and say okay, this and this newsletter, I don't want to read anymore. I unsubscribe. Right. And then I have just maybe, for instance, myself, I have, I think, three newsletters I get every day. Mm -hmm. And then I sit for an hour and I check everything that they've sent me there. And I read every article where they sent me. Right. But all the other stuff, I don't. I don't look at it. Yeah. yeah? 
Yeah, uh, I'm totally stealing your toilet paper uh, analogy. I've never, <laughs> I've never heard social media described like that, but I love it. It's a perfect analogy. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's true because when you see it's scrolling down, the same thing with it's Facebook, yeah. LinkedIn, and so on. Yeah, you, you post something and it's gone. Uh, I'm totally uh, stealing that one. <laughs> yeah, Twitter is a bit slower. Twitter is a bit slower, but Facebook and LinkedIn, it goes down. And I just recently, I, I saw something I wanted to check. Oh, I want to look again. I, I, I wanted, I should read that one. I went up, it was gone. I couldn't find it anymore. I thought, yep. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And then like searching for it is, is very challenging as well. Yeah it's, yeah. it's definitely interesting. So that's a great analogy. Yeah. It really doesn't work. But as you said, really the email is, um, there has its advantages. And of course there are technical things like spam filters and other things that make it a bit more difficult and plenty of companies who provide as well similar systems like like Aweber does. They have as well, of course, all the different issues with uh, people not opening the emails or maybe not even reaching the systems like Google Mail, taking well, out. I would say that, that you know the you know spam filtering and that sort of stuff is really mm -hmm. is if, from my view as as an email service provider, as somebody that sends, you know hundreds of millions of emails a week, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's you know, spam filtering is not much of an issue, frankly, when you're engaging with people that one have requested your information, exactly. and two that you're sending them the information that they actually like desire and are engaging with. You know, if you have open rates that are, you know, if your open rates are north of fifteen twenty percent, you're you're doing reasonably well from an overall engagement. If you have engage, you know, open rates meaning somebody opens, clicks, and opens your emails and like looks at the pictures and sort of stuff that are in your emails, you know, if you have open rates that are 30, 40, 50 percent, you're doing amazingly well. Um, and and that when when you send an email to Google or Hotmail or Yahoo, they're able to track and see exactly who's opening your emails, who's clicking your emails, who's not opening, who's deleting them, etc. And what they do is over time that feeds their computer algorithms to tell them whether or not they should be putting your emails in the inbox or in the spam folder. And as a sender, you want to make sure that you're sending emails that your audience is engaging with. And as long as they're doing that, you're not going to have issues with the spam folder. It's where senders are sending stuff, you know, they, they you know, you go to their website and it says opt in to get, you know, this free report. And then suddenly I'm getting a daily email from you. It's like, well, no, I signed up to get this daily report, but now you're sending me daily emails or excuse me, I signed up to get this one report and now you're sending me daily emails. Like that's outside of my expectations. And I'm going to end up complaining about that and either unsubscribe, or I'm going to mark you as spam. And over time, they figure out the mailbox providers figure out that reputation and that you're sending stuff that people don't want. And where are they going to put you? They're going to put you in the spam folder. Whereas if I tell you ahead of time, Hey, get this report and you'll get our daily updates. Well, I now know that it's something that I've decided. Yes, I want. And you're much, you're going to have much better engagement with that over time. So it's, it's the little things that make a big difference to, to getting to the inbox and making sure that you're doing and only sending the emails and content that people have requested and really desire. 
Yeah, and I think as well whether it depends as well very much on the audience that you're sending it, how often you send it. Because I can imagine if you're sending it to a busy CEO uh, like five emails a day, he's going to get quite fed up. But if you're sending one one email to somebody who, um, let's say, is maybe retired and has got a time, they look forward, oh, that's nice. And something interesting again to distract myself for a day that's boring. I've just read the newspaper. That's fine. But if you're busy and this email just clunks up your, your inbox, um, you could going to get annoyed and really market as, as well, um, spam. I would, I would, I would honestly, I'm going to disagree with you on that because it's about whether or not it's relevant to the person. If I signed up for something and I desire to get updates about it two or three times a day, it's absolutely relevant to me, and I absolutely want it in my inbox. Now, if I sign up for something with the impression that it's only going to come once a week or once a month, and you start sending it to me three times a day. Well, of course, I'm going to be upset about that. It's all about setting expectations up front. And that's one of the biggest things that we, we're always encouraging our users to do is, what are you going to send and how often are you going to send it? Are the two biggest expectations that you have to set up front to make sure that you have success in, in, in email? Because as long as you're delivering on those expectations, you're going to have an engaged user base mm -hmm. uh, and they're going to want to continue to receive your messages. If you're not delivering on that, they're going to get upset. They're either going to unsubscribe or they're going to mark you as spam. And <laughs> those aren't good. Unsubscribe is better than marking it as spam. Um, yeah, definitely. I know. I know because we've got as well in our own email service got a, well a special uh, learning system where we can uh, mark them as spam and it learns every two hours or so and knows straight away what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because we we had before a we were publishing before a magazine. Um, I think like 10 years ago for um, Microsoft experts and we used to get a lot of spam sending to us. So we eventually had to protect ourselves because there was so much spam that later on, of course, all the ransomware attempts and, and phishing and all this stuff that comes. And uh, I can, I see as well that nowadays more and more organizations as well even demand from you that you protect your own systems better against spam otherwise they don't want to do business with you because uh, they think you are a risk to them because otherwise you send them something on the other hand we do want to know or want to have certain emails like the newsletter i mentioned like those three newsletters i get and i read every day i read them and they have uh, links to different interesting uh, industry articles and i uh, i think of the 12 articles that usually are mentioned in there i click at least on 10 Yeah. And take the time to read it. And sometimes I send them on even to somebody who I say, okay, this I have to send to this person, that to another person, they should read that. But they know they don't have to go through the emails. It's just I go through the stuff because that's I need to be informed about what's happening in the industry. And that's why I want that. Uh, and if I if it weren't of value, I would unsubscribe straight away. But on the hand, um, so what what else need businesses actually to be aware of as email and the world is changing? Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's there's definitely a number of things that around kind of email technology that you can do to, you know, have more effective campaigns. So there's there's some new technology that's out there. There's uh, AMP for email, which is actually something that you might have heard about with AMP for websites, but AMP for email is a little different in that um, historically it's a it's a tool that was developed by uh, Google. Um, but it's also being built into other networks uh, as well, like uh, Yahoo, Verizon, uh, et cetera, AOL and such are, are building that into their platforms. And, and what it allows you to do is historically, when I send an email, I put the content in that email 
and and that's the content that sends and you receive in your inbox. Whereas mm-hmm. AMP for email actually makes it so your emails are um, it's almost like a live website, for lack of a better description. Um, and in that, I could send you an email that actually pulls in content externally. Um, so think like if you're subscribed to like a stock market newsletter, I could send an email that actually, uh, when you read the email, it has live stock quotes in it and they'll refresh based on whatever the current stock price is. Or I could be a weather website and send you emails that have literally the live conditions in them based on like what the temperature is or whether it's raining or snowy or whatever. So, you know, think about from a retail perspective, I can use AMP for email to send out um, a sales email. And let's say I only have, you know, 50 units of the particular dress that I'm sending out. When they sell out, historically, that email would be done. Like, you know, somebody might click on it and be like, oh, it's it's not, you know, it's not available anymore. Whereas with AMP, I could actually replace that dress in there with something else that might be for sale. Um, and, and do that dynamically based on the inventory levels on my website. Uh, so it really changes the nature of how you, how, how as a business, you can send email that's engaging and two, how an end user potentially, you know, interfaces with that and engages with that. So think about having, um, like a comment thread on your emails where you could comment at the bottom of an email and it would show up on other people's emails that it had already sent. Uh, so it really allows you to do some really interesting and innovative things that most people have never heard about with with email, which we're really excited about. And we have support for uh, here in our platform, uh, which is not something that most platforms um, are supporting yet. Yeah, because usually otherwise you usually have the HTML-based um, emails where you've got all different pictures. Instead of that, they're sending the pictures, they have the link inside the HTML to a picture that's still stored on the website. Right. Like for instance, you have your you can have your signature sending with it, sending the the, the picture, the logo also, or you put the you design it in a way that your logo is stored on your company website all the time, and uh, instead of filling up people's um, email ad, email boxes with lots of emails with uh, image files and so on, reducing it because I think as well that uh, that now uh, more and more spam filters as well are partly as well filtering out emails that haven't have a picture included because of all these naked email spams and so on with all the uh, supposedly naked women who have the picture with them. And of course, the spam goes and uh, the spam filter goes and uh, filters that garbage out because it's been fed so often by users with all these emails that it actually knows, okay, an email with a picture obviously must be something not good. And if you use this AMP for email, I suppose uh, the spam filter doesn't actually see an, a picture attached to it. It, uh, it just sees the HTML code and other stuff that's in it and then um, later on connects. On the other hand, it'll be interesting to see as well in long term how the spam filters will react to see what content is safe and what content isn't safe. Yeah, I would, you know, the, the your... 
I would I would have to disagree a little bit with the the, the statement that you know spam filters don't like emails with images. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a certain kind of images that they don't necessarily like. Like if you're mm-hmm. sending adult content in in yeah. emails, um, you know they're they're able to look at that and and identify that that's what that is, and and also know that it's coming from a sender that has not, you know, that doesn't have the greatest of reputation um, mm-hmm. as a business. Um, or even as an individual with, you know, any sort of email audience that you're sending to, like, there's very little filtering that goes on these days that it's like, like, you know, we're going to put your email in a spam folder because you sent an image or because you were Mm -hmm. used the, you know, the word free in the subject line. That's not how spam filters work these days. They're much more sophisticated at looking at what you've done in the past to determine where your email should go in the future. Um, So there, I I wouldn't as a business or as, as an individual sending a newsletter, I wouldn't worry about, you know, the words in your email or the pictures in your email, the only way that I would worry about them is in making sure that they're contextually relevant to the subscribers that you're sending them to. Um, so make your, make your messages relevant and engaging and people will engage with them and they'll get delivered to inboxes. If you send them stuff that they didn't request and, and wasn't, you know, along the topic lines of, of, you know, they asked for information about, sports cars and you send them information about horses, they're not going to be into that, you know? So it's, it's more about relevancy than it is about a technical thing that, that whether it's an image or not an image there. Yeah. And then the AMP for email would then practically uh, help you scale actually the interactivity, the attractiveness for the people actually to then go and open it straight away. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's more about, you know, making that email dynamic and, and extra engaging. So like you think about like a survey. So like if you've sent out an email survey before, usually they have to click through and answer some questions. Whereas now you can actually embed a survey directly in the email. Someone can mm-hmm. fill that out as though it's a web page because it essentially is a web page inside your email. So you can fill out, type things in or click buttons in the email and never actually leave the email, which is super super cool um and affords the ability to do things that you just couldn't have thought about you know couldn't have done even you know two years ago so it's really cool tech and i suppose that uh, most of the uh, let's say the email clients they support amp for email because it's like an html element somehow uh, well, there, there, there's building. Yeah, there. Are, you have to have an email client that supports it. Right now, obviously, the biggest one is a Gmail client, uh, mm-hmm. which for most businesses is you know at least fifty percent of the, of their mailing list. You know, of the subscribers that they have on their on their uh, on their list. So it's you know it's definitely pervasive already, and and it's gonna it's only gonna grow over time as businesses adopt it. Um, you know, I don't know if you use like Google Docs or Google Spreadsheets, like they actually already send AMP emails where you can comment on updates and those sort of things that you get from them. Um, you know, it's just, it's still, it's still very early in the kind of AMP adoption phase for other businesses using it. Um, yeah, especially when you think of it, uh, the many peop- thousands of employees who work somewhere in companies who use Outlook and that. Uh, if you want to, if you are in a B two B environment, then you don't 
typically half Gmail accounts, you'll be sending it to sure. uh, Inc.com or whatever company they have. And uh, then, of course, most of the time you'll have Outlook or some special web client. Now, especially when everybody is working from home, most of the people will maybe be using as well, even the online versions of their yeah. mail systems. Potentially. Yeah. You know, the, like there's, lot, there's a lot of folks that use the um, G Suite, the Google G Suite product, mm -hmm. which is basically kind of their Outlook version. You know, like yeah. we, we use it at our business here. So like when you send an email to aweber.com, um, like that's actually coming into our G Suite mailbox. So um, so there's, you know, multiple ways to kind of slice that. So that, mm -hmm. you know, and we see all the stats internally. So Google has a huge, huge presence, much, much, much bigger than Microsoft with Outlook or Hotmail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think as well, that's mostly as well in a small business environment because enterprise, uh, there'll be mostly Outlook, I would presume at least, Outlook and other uh, systems that they have. Mm. Yeah. Not maybe. not as much, but yeah, uh -huh. it's it's definitely higher concentration there, but I would still say it's not even a majority. Okay. So, yeah. Well, anything else important that people should look out for uh, as email is changing in today's work environment? Um, I think that, you know, when you think about people opting in and requesting information, it's really important to make sure that you're getting actual real people uh, subscribing to your newsletters. So, mm. you know, a significant portion of the the website hits and traffic that show up uh, these days are computers. They're, they're bots. Uh, yeah. and, and using technology like CAPTCHAs, where you have to enter the couple little digits um, to just make sure you're a human, um, or using uh, what's called confirmed opt-in uh, to make sure that the people that are um, signing up for your list are actually people. <laughs> so, um, you know, you, so confirmed opt-in is a process where like if I entered my name and email into a form, that site would send me an email and I just click a link that says like, yep, that, that's me. I requested this. Uh, and when you don't do that, you end up with these bots and other, you know, kind of malicious email addresses in there that, again, haven't requested your information. And now that you continue to send to those, they're teaching a mailbox providers like, hey, you're sending to addresses that you shouldn't be sending to. Uh, and these people aren't engaging or these bots aren't engaging with your content. Uh, and over time, your messages will go to the spam filter. So it's it's important to make sure that you're verifying the addresses and the people that are attempting to sign up for your list. Yeah, that's I think so as well. It's important now as well so that you have uh, at least your open rates are qualitative, uh, you're relevant, and you're going to get people actually to take the action that you actually um, want to get. And that's why, that's why you're sending actually the emails and doing all your email marketing. Exactly. So it was great having you here on our show, Tom. And um, if people want to get in contact with you or with Aweber or so, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Well, it was great having me on, Christian. I appreciate it. Um, you can reach out to me. Uh, obviously, our website is aweber.com, A-W-E-B-E-R.com. Uh, you can reach me at tom at aweber.com if you want to email me. Um, I'm, also, I'm also on Twitter under uh, T. Colzer. Uh, at Twitter. And, uh, you know, I would encourage everybody to, we have a uh, freemium offering, so you can sign up for a free account and build a free website, uh, build a list, uh, build a subscriber list up to 500 subscribers completely free. So you can do that on our website at aweber.com and get started today. So thanks again for having me on. Great. Was great having you.
And I'm sure we'll somewhere in the future we'll be talking about about similar topics as well in relating to email marketing and so on. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Growth Zone with Christian Barge. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website follow.prmediareach.com. I will be adding the link also to the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. For those of you who are listening and signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a free copy of the ultimate guide on content marketing. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett-Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years. It also got me contracts with police, transport authorities, military and several universities and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized entrepreneurs and enterprises as clients. And that even included international clients from all around the world. The link to sign up for our free broadcasting service and the guide is follow.prmediareach.com. That will give you access to the most recent version of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me as well on Twitter by using the Twitter handle CAPBarge. That's spelled Charlie Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel. Yes, that is CAPBarge. Charlie, Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel.